As Brother Ian said, happy Wednesday to everyone. It's wonderful to see everyone here tonight. If you are visiting with us, we want to thank you so much for being here. You have blessed us with your presence being here with us tonight. We hope that you find yourself edified and benefited by the study of God's, God's Word tonight. It's always a wonderful opportunity for us to be together during this midweek service, and we appreciate you seizing that opportunity to be here tonight, to, to be with us, to draw strength from each other, that we are here together studying God's Word. I hope the things that we study will be a, a great benefit to you in your spiritual walk. This is chapter 15. After this, we got chapter 16, and after that, then we're done with Romans, and we get to move on to John. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also kind of sad. Whenever we had decided to do the book of Romans, at first I, I, I was a little nervous because there's a lot of things in Romans that people get wrong. And each and every one of us that stand up here and talk and preach want to make sure that we are as accurate as we can be to teach God's words accurately. And it's a, it's a hefty letter. It's one that I was nervous about some things. But I've been extremely blessed, and I, and I feel like I've grown spiritually, as I'm sure you have as well, during the study of Romans. That there's so many things in there that I have understood better, and I'm, I hope that, that you have understood better. And there's still some things that I want to keep digging. Just because I'm done with the book of Romans does not by any means, means mean that I'm done studying the book of Romans. I hope that's the same for you as well. And I am excited about John. As, as Ian said, if you have the, the opportunity to go into the, the book of John and start studying ahead, we would encourage you to do that as we'll be getting to that soon. But we are in Romans chapter 15. If you recall, last week, Brother Aaron did Romans 14, Romans 14, talking about the things there that we should make sure that we are aware of our brothers and sisters, that we should make sure that we don't put stumbling blocks in front of them. We're going to talk about that chapter a little bit more tonight because it kind of rolls right into chapter 15. Some of those concepts there, some of those things I want us to, to make sure that we understand as we bring in to Romans chapter 15. I'm going to have all the verses of the chapter on the board. We're going to be starting from the New King James Version. Be <clears throat> a little bit different from a King James Version Bible if you have one there. There are a few times that I'm going to ask us to look at the scriptures. We're going to return to some other books, some other letters, so we can study that. And I would encourage you to have a Bible or some other device handy with you as we go about studying the Word of God tonight. Romans chapter 15, there's a lot of things going on here in Romans chapter 15, but I want to back up for just a minute at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 7 through 19, the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. If, if you recall in this chapter, we talked about meat a lot, about food and how there were some things that were sacrificed to idols of some of these other, some of these new, new Christians there, some of these Jews and Gentiles that had some issues and some problems with those things. And that was one of the things or examples that Paul used in this letter to talk about stumbling blocks, how we should not be worried about those things. Here it says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is. That's what the Bible is saying here. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And what, I, what Paul is saying here is that don't let these eating issues and the drinking issues come in the way of that righteousness, get in the way of that peace and that joy, because it says we should pursue the things which make for peace, not worry about those things about eating and drinking. That if we talk about those things and we bring about, uh, uh, up those things and we make that stumbling block, then we're missing the boat there because we are supposed to be servants of Christ and we're supposed to look for those things that are acceptable. And if we're arguing about these things or, or, or we're bringing up these things or we're talking about these things or someone has a problem with them to please ourselves or some other, uh, 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 some other issue like that, 
that we're not edifying each other. And that's the big thing that I want us to see here in verse 19 of Romans chapter 14. It says that we, therefore let us pursue things which make for peace and the things which one may edify another. And that's the key thing that I think Paul is, is talking about. He wants to make sure that we are edifying each other. If we are disputing about food or if we're disputing about eating, and that's not a real problem for us today, but there are other things that can be a problem for us today. And if we're disputing about those things, those doubtful things, those things that are trivial and not the things that make for peace or the things that make for joy, the things that make for righteousness, we're not building somebody up. We're not edifying somebody. And that's the thing that we should really focus on is knowing our brothers and sisters so that we can edify each other. If we're going to know what's a stumbling block for someone or what's not a stumbling block for somebody else or how we make sure we don't put those stumbling blocks there or how we can edify each other in this room or in this congregation is we have to get to know each other is we have to be with each other, get to know each other, so we know what might make someone stumble, or we might know what is going to build somebody up and make them a better Christian, a better servant of Christ. And that's what I think is one of the key things there in Romans chapter 14, is that get to know each other, understand each other, because you've got Jews and Gentiles coming together now in one body, and you need to make sure that you are aware of the differences so you don't make your brother or your sister stumble. And it's all about edification. Edify there means building someone up. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, when, when then, excuse me, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. If you have a King James Version Bible, that's going to say the infirmities of the weak. It says, and not to please ourselves, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as, is, as, as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So there the Bible says that we that are strong ought to bear the scruples or the, or, or the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Why? Because it's leaning towards edification. If you look at Paul's letter, if we go back and look at Romans or some other letters, many times Paul is leading towards edification. He's trying to build these churches up. He's going and looking at these Gentiles and seeing these, these, these Gentiles, these babes. He's wanting to lay that foundation and build from that foundation to edify people. So it says there that he said, let each, let, let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. And it says there, Christ, who is always the best example. Anytime we want to look at an example, we can look at Jesus Christ and the way that he lived his life or how he talked to people. It says that even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. See, it wasn't pleasing for Christ. That, that, that Christ went to that cross and suffered that shame. It was people mocking him, people spitting upon him and beating him and all these things. But he took those reproaches, he took those things upon himself. Said so Christ didn't do it to please himself. He did it because it was the will of God. He put those things on himself so that we would have that hope that we're going to talk about here in, in just a moment. That those that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Jesus Christ is strong. He bore those things upon himself for us who are weak. And it's all about leaning towards edification. So a practical application for us uh, today in Romans chapter 15 is still looking for those ways to edify each other, looking for those ways that we can build somebody up if, if they're weak. And if you consider someone to be a strong brother or sister, and you consider someone to be a weak brother and sister, regardless of that, I'll tell you, there's many times that those strong brothers and sisters are weak and that those weak brothers and sisters could be that strong person to help that person to help edify them and to build them up. 
Galatians chapter two, verse or Galatians chapter six, verse two also says, "Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." So there's constantly in many of these letters and these things that Paul is teaching, we need to be with each other to bear each other. Why? Leading towards edification. Because if we bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, we're also edifying each other. We're also helping each other if we're aware of those things. But if we don't know each other, we're not going to know. Romans chapter fifteen, verse three, the Bible says. For whatever things are written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So here, Paul, Paul, Paul is, is, is about to say, or he's basically about to go into more of this, but he's saying that those things that were written before were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. And that's kind of what Paul is telling them there, that these Gentiles, and we're going to read that more in this chapter, that these Gentiles are now here, and these Gentiles get to be grafted in. And says, look, all of those scriptures, and we can go back and look at lots of Old Testament prophecies, saying that through that patience and that comfort of those scriptures, we might have hope. Well, Jesus is hope. That they were looking at those scriptures, waiting patiently for those scriptures to be fulfilled. And Paul is going around preaching and telling people it is fulfilled. Jesus Christ is the hope. Where it says there that those things that were written for our learning, it reminded me of Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. If you will turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> Beginning there in verse 23. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. <clears throat> and the Bible says, But before faith came, we were kept under, the, under guard by the law, kept from faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor or schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor or a schoolmaster. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, been, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And we're talking about promises here in this, in this ch chapter as, uh, as well. The, it reminded me of those verses where it talks about that those, those scriptures were our tutor, they were our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. All these things point to Christ. We can talk about Romans chapter, uh, uh, we can talk about Romans chapter 15. It's all about Jesus Christ, leading towards Jesus Christ. And here it says, those things were our schoolmaster to lead us unto Christ. And now Jesus Christ has came. That patience and that comfort of the scripture that we might have hope, that hope is here. That hope is Jesus Christ. And it says that those are, were baptized, have been put on Christ. It's like it talks about in Romans chapter 6. But it says there that now they're neither Jew nor, nor Greek. They're neither bond or free. So here in Galatians, it's, it's very similar to Romans. Here in Galatians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the same thing. He's still kind of battling or talking about these churches about the, the Jew and the Gentiles, the, 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 the Jews and the Greek and that problem there that they were having trying to get these groups together and to understand that you are now one body, that Jesus Christ has come. We're not under that law, but it was still a tutor. It was still a teacher to bring us under Christ, that we would have patience of the scriptures, that we might have hope. Then he says there in Romans chapter 15, continuing in our text, Romans chapter 15, verse 5, the Bible says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's very interesting, the word in there, where he says there in verse 5, it says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according 
to Christ Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. He said, the old law is done. He's still kind of bringing these things up. He said, now I want you to be like-minded. I want you to be brothers and sisters. I don't want you to see Jew or Greek. I want you to see all the branches all grafted into the same olive tree. If you recall that from Romans chapter 11, that you are all now brothers and sisters. And it's according to Jesus Christ that we can be brothers and sisters. It's according to Jesus Christ who we should follow, his gospel, his teaching. And so that you may be one, with one mind and one mouth, glorifying God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the congregation or the church that is striving to edify each other is the one that is already doing the one mind, is already doing the one mouth, is already doing these things. And that's what Paul's pushing here for Romans. He said, you guys be together. You guys don't put stumbling blocks in each other's way. You guys love each other and look for those opportunities to edify each other. And if you're edifying each other and you're looking for those opportunities, then you're going to be like-minded. You're going to be of one mind and one mouth glorifying God. It's all about Jesus Christ. He's trying to lead them to Jesus Christ. It's according to Jesus Christ where they're all one body now in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 15, verse 7, the Bible says, Therefore receive one another <clears throat> just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. You know, if, if you remember Romans chapter 14 from last week, the verse 1 in Romans chapter 14 says, Receive one who is weak in the flesh, but not to dispute over doubtful things. You know, that word receive there, it's the same in Romans chapter 15 verse 7. That word receive in Romans chapter 14 verse 1, that receive. It's the same Greek word. And it's strong as strong, number 4355. And that word means to take to oneself, to use, that is, in food, to lead aside, to admit in friendship or hospitality. So that word there is meaning take someone to oneself, take somebody to yourself. In Romans chapter 14, it's talking about that weaker brother, that new brother in Christ, and said, receive that one who is weak. And that's just not receive. It said, take to yourself, be a friend, be hospitable, take that person and teach them and love them and edify them. And now he's saying here in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 15, verse 7, the same thing. Therefore, receive each other. Everybody receive each other. Take to yourself. Learn to know that person. Be that friend. Be hospitable and help that person. Because that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus Christ has received everyone who comes to him. Jesus Christ has done those things on the cross so that we so that he can receive us to himself and we should use that example of Jesus Christ who's always the best example for our, for ourselves so think about about these things we're, we're, we're studying Romans chapter 15 but to me it's, it's just loaded full of practical application for us today so I hope that we are taking these things to heart as well that we receive each other so we can help edify each other Continuing on in Romans chapter 15, verse 8 through 9, the Bible says, Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of, uh, of God, to confirm the promises. Remember, we were talking about promises there in Galatians chapter 3. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles, and sing to your name. That's an Old Testament prophecy there. That when we see these verses that Jesus has become a servant to the circumcision, it reminded me of, of, of verses like Matthew chapter 15, verse 24, where the Bible says, But he answered and said, this is Jesus speaking, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of, of Israel. When Jesus was there teaching, he went into synagogues. He was teaching to the lost sheep of Israel. He was teaching to the circumcision. 
But Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So that, that's kind of part of the, of the, of the plan is that they're, te- they're, they're looking at the Jews, they're looking at the circumcision, they're, and they're going to them, and they're teaching them first. But Paul, who is the apostle to the, to the Gentiles, is telling him, well, now the, the Greeks or the Gentiles there are here. So we're, I want to go back a slide. So it's saying there that Jesus was there teaching, talking to the, the circumcision, but what was he doing? What does the Bible say that Jesus was going about doing here? He was saying he was confirming the promises made to the fathers. And we're about to look at several of those promises here in a moment. Those promises were to the Gentiles, that that's always been part of God's plan. It might have been to the Jew first, but the Greeks were always coming. They were always going to be grafted in. That wild olive branch was always going to be grafted into that olive tree. It says there to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and those promises talk about the, uh, the Gentiles. And then verse 9 says, the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As, as, it, as, as it is written, I will confess among you to the Gentiles, and you will sing to my name. So it's talking about the Gentiles, and that's, that's wonderful news to us. It's, it's not really old news. It was written a while, but I mean, that's us as well. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. We should sing. That Jesus Christ was going about confirming those promises, and those promises are made to the Gentiles. As we can continue on here, Romans chapter 15, we'll see Romans chapter 15, verse 10, the Bible says, <laughs> and again, talking about continuing to talk about these promises that was made to the fathers. And again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Verse 11 says, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him or applaud him, or sing praises unto him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, "There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall ri- ri- and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. To him, the Gentiles shall hope." So it says there, there shall be a root of Jesse. Now, who's that root of Jesse? We understand that's Jesus Christ. We can look at that. We can go back and study that. We understand that that root of Jesse is Jesus Christ. And this prophecy, which is given to the Father, says that he's going to reign over the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are going to have hope. Hope in Jesus. And that's what Paul here is preaching and teaching these Romans here. And it says, now may the God of peace, verse 13, may the God of peace, excuse me, now may the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word peace is in this chapter several times. It says, now the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace. And we were just talking about joy and peace in the last chapter. Chapter 414 was talking about righteousness, joy and peace. Well, that's God. That's, that's his kingdom. That's Jesus Christ. That's righteousness, that's joy, that's peace. And he's saying, fill yourself with these things and may they abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power of the Holy Spirit is the power to save souls. Romans chapter 15, verse 14, the Bible says now, it's kind of shifting gears just a tiny bit here, saying that Romans chapter 15, verse 14 says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. So here Paul's kind of, he's, he's given them some praise here. He's given them, them some, some positive thoughts here, some positive thinking. He said, I'm confident that you brethren are good, that y'all can do all these things, that, that you can edify each other, that you can not put those stumbling blocks that we talked about in the last chapter, that you can do all these things that I have confidence in you. 
This is in, in verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. So here he's saying, look, and if we remember some of the things that we have already studied, sometimes the Paul that I think I've said, the Paul that pulls no punches when it comes to a few things, he was pretty bold. He said, you guys are absolutely wrong. You guys can't be doing this stuff. You guys can't be living in sin and all these things. <laughs> he's saying, I was bold so that I would remind you so that you would know how you should act, how you should be, just like in Romans chapter 12. But why was he bold? Why did he feel like he had to, to really make them understand? It was for edification. That sometimes edification is not the verse 14, it's also the verse 15. That sometimes edification can be something that's hard to swallow, but is always necessary. And Paul is always telling these people in Romans and other letters what is necessary for them to understand, what is necessary for them to act, and what is necessary for them to go about and be those Christians. Continuing on in Romans chapter 15, verse 16, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul says that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. And why does he have reason to glorify God? Because, because of the things that, that he has accomplished, that Jesus has accomplished through Paul. He's saying that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. That's Paul's main mission. We're going to see here in a minute, that's his aim, that's his focus, it's the Gentiles. And he says there that ministering the gospel of God to the Gentiles, that way the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, that might be sanctified, the Holy Spirit, that, that, that offering, that, that praise there that the Gentiles are wanting to give to God might be acceptable. And that's what Paul is saying, that I'm going about teaching these Gentiles those things that they should understand, teaching the, the Gentiles the things that they should know, teaching them the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that they're offering, because they're coming in. They're that wild olive branch that's being grafted in, that way they are acceptable, and that they are sanctified, and, they, and that they understand. And that's Paul's mission here. He's almost kind of telling them what his mission is, and what his aim is. Verse 18, the Bible says, for I will not dare... I, I will not dare to speak of, of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the, the Gentiles obedient and mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and right, round about Alicrium, uh, I, I said that way, way wrong, I have fully preached the gospel of, of Christ. And that, that's a coastal region there. It's like Thessalonica and places like that is the reason that he's talking about there. He's gone from Jerusalem all the way around there. And it's saying, therefore, I will not speak of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. He said, Paul's like, if I'm going to talk about anything, I'm going to preach on anything, it's the things that Christ has accomplished through me. That in word indeed to make the Gentiles obedient because that's his mission. And mighty signs and wonders, and all these mighty signs and wonders are done by Jesus Christ through Paul. By the power of, of the Spirit of God, so that when he went through Jerusalem, round about there, he's fully preached the gospel of Christ. So he's telling them about, their, about his mission there. He's saying that Christ has accomplished these things through me. That in word and deed and these mighty signs that the Gentiles might be obedient. Because they've seen Paul, they've seen his signs, they've seen the, the, uh, the wonders, they've also heard him and heard the teaching. And he's talking about him doing those things to bring the Gentiles there to obedience. 
Romans chapter 15, verse 20, the Bible says, And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he, he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. So that's what Paul's saying here. He's like, my aim is to go and preach to the Gentiles, not where Christ is, uh, is already named. And if you recall Paul from, the, from, from the, the book of Acts, he was sent out from Jerusalem to go about and spread the gospel of God. And that's exactly what Paul has done. And Paul's saying, that was my aim. That was my goal. That was my focus, was not to stay there, but to go out. Just as said, how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they go if they're not sent? Well, Paul personifies a lot of those things. That's what Paul has done. Paul was sent out. He went out and preached to the Gentiles not to build on a, another man's foundation. Because it said, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. And how will they hear without a preacher? They needed Paul, Paul and Barnabas and all those things, those men to go out and to spread that gospel, something that we continue to do today. <coughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, if, if you will turn with me to 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. <coughs> talking about here is talking about the, the, the same thing, how Paul was, was always cautious not to build on another man's foundation, or as we just talked about, not to boast in another man's accomplishments. But he's talking about and boasting, or he's, or he's making them understand the things that he has done. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 talks about the same thing, where it says, for, where the Bible says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves or comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Verse 13, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you, talking to the church at Corinth there. For we are not overextending ourselves as though, as, as through our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. And this is the same thing. This is what Paul's talking about here in Romans that he's doing. He's doing the same thing here. Verse 15, not boasting of the things beyond measure that is in, in other man's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishments. And that's, it's basically just extra stuff. It's basically, he's speaking the, 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 the same thing there. That's Paul's aim is to go. Paul's aim is to spread the gospel, and he wants to spread the gospel to those, those Gentiles. He wants to go beyond this region even further, talking about here in 2 Corinthians, so that he's not boasting in another man's accomplishments. Verse 17, for he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, I'm not commending myself. Jesus Christ is the one that's accomplishing all these things. And he's saying that he is accomplishing these things through me, and I'm not going to boast in another man's accomplishments. I'm going to continue to, to talk about the things that I have done. And that's the same thing, the same concept he's talking about here in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, For this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you. So he's changing gears a little bit. Gear. This is the third gear change, I guess you would say, in Romans 15 here. He says in, in verse 15, now he's talking about how he wants to come see them. He wants to see the brethren there that are in Rome, see them face to face. For this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you. What reason? 
The reason he's been talking about it, he's like, that's my aim. My goal is to preach to the Gentiles. I've been going out and doing this work, and I, I, I want to come see you guys, but there's things that the Lord wants me to do. And he's going about establishing these churches everywhere along that coastal region there. But now, no longer having a place in these parts, I want to stop there for a moment because that's a very Texas phrase. He said, no longer having a place in these parts, it's time for me to go. And having a great desire these many years to come to you, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to, to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you, if I first may enjoy your company for, for a while. I want to encourage you to go back and, and, and look at Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through, through 15. We're not going to read those tonight, but he was talking about this right in chapter 1. He's saying, look, I want to come see you guys. In Romans cha chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I, I've been hindered to, uh, to come to you because I've had a lot of work, but it's always been, been my desire to come see you guys. So Paul really wants to come see this church in person. He really wants to come be there and impart some spiritual gift as it was talking about in Romans chapter 1 and just see these people and help them. And He said, enjoy their company for a while. But he's saying, I can't, but what I can do is write this letter. And that's what Paul has done. That's what he was saying in Romans chapter 1. He's, or, or, or to me, I, I kind of get that feel that he said, I'm going to write you this letter to help you correct some problems, to help you understand, and to build you up. And Lord willing, when I can, I will come see you. <clears throat> there when it says, for when I journey to be helped, to be helped on my way there by you. What, what does that mean? To me, I, I, I see maybe some financial aid there to help Paul along his way. Also, I also see just some food, some, some company, some, some, some things that, that we do for, for our, brothers, uh, our, our brothers today, that it's the same kind of pattern there. That that's what Paul and Silas and Philip and all those guys going about spreading the word needed help. And I just want to point that out, that that's still the same thing today. Romans chapter 15, verse 25. But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed that they are, are their and, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of the spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So here he's saying, if, if you recall, Paul was sent out from Jerusalem. And where? He went into the Macedonian call. He went to that region and preached the gospel to all those people. And now there's the, some poor saints in Jerusalem and they need help. Help with what? With, with money. They need material help. And these Gentile churches have given that help. They've given that contribution there. And they've given it to Paul. And Paul is the steward of, the, of those things, so to speak. He's the caregiver. And he, it is his job or his responsibility to take this back to, uh, uh, to Jerusalem. And it's an in, in, in interesting wording there. He said, you know, those Gentiles have been partakers of all these spiritual things that Paul, as well as others, have brought to them. He said, they brought them these spiritual gifts. The, the Gentiles are now grafted in. The Gentiles are now our brothers and sisters. And it's their duty to help in the material things as well. And that's the same for, 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 for us today. Those that come helping us or bringing those spiritual gifts, we have a duty to help with those material things as well. Or those material things with the spiritual things. And it just flows back and forth. And we're constantly helping our, our brothers and sisters that 
it's not just the spiritual things. It's also the material thing because things cost money. Things need, need, to, need to be done. Travel a cart or a horse or donkey or whatever was going on at that time, that needed to, to, to be done. And it's fantastic to me to see that the, the churches there, the, the Gentiles who have had those spiritual gifts have stepped up to help out those poor saints in Jerusalem. So he's, and he's also telling him, this is, these three verses are also kind of just a general thought. He's saying, look, I want to come see you, but I've got to do this first. They've given me this money. I need to take it to <laughs> Jerusalem. So it's kind of a general conversation there. I want to come see you, but I've got to take care of my business first. Then it says there in Romans chapter 15, verse 28, Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. <clears throat> but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So as we looked, as we looked in Romans chapter one, just, just a minute ago, or we talked about it anyways, and now it's always Paul's desire to come see them in person. He wants to come see them there. And it says, once I have performed this task and I've sealed this task, I've done this thing, I'm going to come to you in Spain. I'm coming to Rome. He said, but know that when I come, it shall be in the I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the, of the gospel of Christ. That there's so much that Paul can do in this letter. But once Paul is there, it's, it's going to be much more that he can do. He can be there. He can impart some spiritual gift. He can help them. He can teach them. He can preach them. And if you look back in, in Acts, especially towards the end of Acts, you'll see that it was a great blessing to those brothers and sisters there in Romans. And he's saying that when I come, it's going to be with a full blessing of the gospel of Christ because Paul is all about the gospel of Christ. That's his life. <coughs> Romans chapter 15 the last four verses here, the Bible says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. And I, and I, and I think that's a wonderful statement there. That's something we can always do for everybody. That he said, I've got a hard road. I've got a journey. I've got things to, to do. Pray for me. Pray that these things are accomplished. Verse 31 says that I might be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. You know, there's people out there that wanted to kill Paul. If you go back and study Acts, which we've done Acts, it's been years ago now. You'll, you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll understand that there, there's some danger there. There's those that did not believe that wanted Paul dead. And it's saying there that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. That I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So he's kind of starting to end this letter. He's kind of concluding his thoughts here. But what is very powerful is the power of prayer. And Paul's asking for that power. He said, there's brother, there's that, that, that want to kill me. There's those that, will don't, that don't believe that want to do me harm. And he also says there, make sure that the service that I go to Jerusalem might be acceptable to the, the saints. Because if you recall who Paul was, which was Saul, Back, back in Jerusalem, he did some things that people might not be too happy about. He was throwing Christians in prison and all these things. So there could be some, some issues there. And, and, and almost to me, it seems like Paul might be just a little bit nervous as he goes back to Jerusalem now and to do this service. But Paul's going to do it. He's going to take it back. He, he's going to try to 
accomplish what needs to be accomplished, but I love the way that he says that we strive together. Strive together, even though Paul is miles away, even though there's brothers and sisters of ours around the world, we still strive together, and the one thing that we can do is pray for each other. And that's what Paul is asking here. <clears throat> if you're not a, a child of God tonight, if you've not been baptized in the name of our, of, of our Lord and Savior, we have water here. We are prepared to uh, assist you with that, to become that child of God, to have that hope that, uh, that we talked about, how Jesus Christ is that hope. And that hope is there. It's accessible to everyone. If you are a child of God and you're struggling with some, some things, perhaps there's some stumbling blocks going on in, in your way and you need some help, you need the prayers of the church, if there's anything that we can help you with or, or pray with you, we'd ask you please come sit on this front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing. <laughs>